Hey, and welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 18 of the podcast. Let's get it on. Okay, so we are going to continue with this week's uh, focus on the mid-semester. You know, we're in week eight, halfway through. We're on the second half now. Uh, and it's time to, in the, uh, in the vein of our Thursday episodes, um, like I did on Monday, to a, a mid-semester check. Um, in this case, because it is Thursday, it's going to be a, a mid-semester mental health check. And that is the episode of today's podcast. So before I get into that, and sort of what that's going to be is, is in a similar structure to Monday's show, I'm going to kind of go through the topics that I've talked about over the past seven Thursdays and kind of tie them in together for you to show you um, where I'm headed and um, what you guys can do with this information um, to kind of get the best out of it. So as a sort of a recap, you know, we have the show. I'm really help trying to help people set goals and achieve them. And I'm taking kind of two different angles when I do it. So on Monday, I take more of the... Um, productivity angle, you know, with goals, with goal achievement, you know, making sure you're attending to your goals, um, using a calendar, you know, using to-do lists, you know, kind of doing your data capturing um, and whatnot. And then on Thursdays, I talk about the mental health component in some of the services and some of the philosophy. And uh, I want to sort of recap that for you today and show you how it all fits together. I feel like with podcasts, Sometimes you talk about, you know, an isolated topic and then another isolated topic, and especially the, the structure of my show, which is, you know, productivity and then mental health, and then we shift back to productivity. Uh, it's all kind of ties in together, but I think every once in a while it's good for uh, a podcast to sort of tie everything back together because if you've only listened to one here or there, or it's been, you know, eight weeks, you forget what was discussed in week one or two. And I'm trying to, you know, sort of build up to something. Um, which hopefully will culminate with us sort of achieving our goals, right? Um, but first, let's uh, do some story time, right? Um, so I've talked, uh, I want to talk a little bit about depression um, since it is, you know, Mental Health Thursdays. Um, I'm going to talk about my first bout of depression. And I'll say this sort of with the caveat that I do not have um, a diagnosis of depression. Um, my depression over the years has been what I would deem situational. So something shitty happens, I feel depressed about it. You know, all of us do. Um, I don't need a diagnosis, I don't think. Um, and I didn't ever need medication. So I'm coming at it from that angle. I'm not trying to say what I'm going through or what I went through is in any way probably relatable to what a lot of you guys that listen to the show struggle with. But, you know, I think it would be helpful because it does tie into... Um, uh, college. So it, it happened in college. Um, in high school, I had had my first serious relationship when I think it was summer between junior and senior year of high school. And then we dated all throughout my, our, my senior year. And she was one year younger than me. So she was a junior. I graduated high school and went away to college. Uh, it was about two hours away. And she still had another year of high school and I wasn't living home. And we did the thing, you know, most 
couples in this situation do or you know if they're the same age and going to different colleges you know oh we're gonna stay together our love is gonna make it work <laughs> we can make it work and ignored everyone else's advice like now nah, it probably won't work <laughs> um we made it through the fall semester and then um you know i was like you know there's so much to experience <laughs> in college uh, and I'm not talking about like, you know, hooking up left and right with other other people. It was just like, you know, it was not I see why people, you know, gave me the advice that they did. Um, ended up breaking off things with her. Um, and then, you know, we were broken up that whole spring semester. And then that summer I went back home and now she had graduated high school and we sort of got back together that summer. Because, again, we were home. It was familiar. It was easy. Um, I hadn't, like, met anybody that I was, like, you know, to the point where I was, like, not even entertaining, you know, going back with her. It was more just, like, I just wanted to kind of, like, be, you know, single in college. And so we got back together that summer um, between my freshman and sophomore year and that summer that she was starting. And wouldn't you know it, she was going to the same school that I was. <laughs> And so that was convenient, and that was probably part of what was in my mind about um, thinking that it might work because um, now we were going to be going away and we we're going to be at the same school. And I was sure now that I wanted the relationship because I had been away and, you know, been on my own for a little bit. But now it was her turn. <laughs> and so, you know, that first semester, she realized what I had realized that last year, which was like, no, I want to try and, you know, be on my own in college a little bit. And so she broke things off with me. And that rest of that sophomore year was just, you know, it was the worst part for me for college. Other than that, and very, very end of senior year that I talked about in the um, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs episode, uh, this was pretty downtime for me. It was the first time I ever, you know, really felt depressed. And again, I was never like suicidal or anything like that, but I was like, okay, now I understand what people say, what people mean when they say I'm depressed. And, um, I still managed to, you know, pull my shit together and I, you know, I got okay grades and stuff. It, it didn't, it didn't debilitate me, but now I understand it. And I know that there's things that I could do because it has happened again since, you know, I've had shitty situations come up that have been long, you know, a little bit prolonged and you kind of get into a funk for a while. Sometimes it's a little while longer than you'd like it to be. Um, but I know now the things that help me. So I kind of can go back to that. And in college, I didn't. So sort of that's why I bring it up is like when you're in those situations, you have to know what can help. And I had never been depressed before, so I didn't have any kind of coping skills or strategies. I wasn't on that level of thinking, um, but I would now if I if I were to go through uh, a bout of depression. So I want to now shift the focus a little bit and take a quick question on college counseling services. I had uh, a question on reddit that i saw in the college sub uh, somebody that wanted to talk to a college counselor about some pretty heavy stuff but was wondering how confidential are they so when would they have to tell somebody their heavy stuff you know somebody else um you know sort of when would at what point would a counselor hear something from a, a client and say oh 
I actually have to report this. Um, I have an obligation. So that's called a duty to warn. Duty to warn is the, the terminology when uh, any kind of professional in the social service field um, learns of something that they are uh, obligated by law to report to an authority figure. So with counseling, it is the two main things are danger to self, danger to others. Um, so if somebody is reporting that they want to hurt somebody or hurt themselves, that can trigger uh, the, the counselor that's hearing this to have to report it to the authorities. The way that they, will, that the, they should make this determination, because, I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, go into a, a therapist and they've had a bad day and they're like, I just, I just would be better off dead, you know. And they don't actually mean it, right? Um, they're just having a bad day and then they talk to their, their therapist and, you know, everything at the end is like, all right, it still sucks, but I don't actually want to die. Um, or, you know... On a similar vein, you get you come to your therapist because you just found out, you know, your girlfriend was cheating with uh, cheating on you with your friend who is your roommate, and now you want to like freaking kill the roommate, <laughs> and you might actually feel that way, right? You you just have this course of anger through, go through you when um, when you learn of this, and you know, hopefully the person isn't there, right? Hopefully you you have that time to um, decompress a little, maybe go to a counselor and say, I don't want to fucking kill this person. And then the counselor and you talk it through and it's like, yeah, I really hate them now, but I'm not actually going to harm them. So a, a trained counselor is going to ask some questions if they get this type of um, client. They're going to want to know, does this person have a plan? And that's sort of going to be or should be their, um, the, that's going to trigger whether they actually call somebody because it is serious and they do now have an obligation or if it's just like yeah I'm having a bad day I said I was um, overreacting when I said that um, the question relates to if the person has a plan or not so if, if a person is suicidal and goes into a therapy session and says I'm really suicidal um, and the counselor says oh I'm really sorry to hear that and they process it with the person and you know, the, the therapist asks, do you have a plan of how you would do it? And the person says, yeah, I would blah, blah, blah. Um, that counselor, yeah, it's pretty clear at that point they would have to contact a, a psychiatric service, you know, uh, acute screening services or whatnot. Um, if the person doesn't have a plan, it's like, no, I was just, you know, it's just something that's been on my mind. Um, it usually is a signal to the therapist that the person hasn't gotten to the point where they actually have to call somebody. It's not to that serious of a level. Um, and the trained counsel, a counselor should be trained to be able to do this um, with both homicidal ideation and suicidal ideation. So, yeah, I mean, heavy stuff. You know, I don't know what the person that uh, posed this question was referring to. But if it is in that vein, um, you know, certainly they should still talk about it. Um, if, if they're worried about it being their college, you know, they can talk about it with somebody off campus. Um, I gave the link to the suicide prevention hotline, which is like a national service. Um, you know, still do get that help, but I do think it's important to educate people on what would be something that would trigger, um, 
a professional calling the the authorities on you. Um, I think it's important to know your rights and know um, what the treatment you could expect. So hopefully that was helpful. Uh, so now let's get into a little bit of a uh, recap here. So as I said, I want to kind of do something similar to what I did Monday. Um, on Monday, we recapped our progress together with goal achievement, highlighting the ideas that have been discussed over the past eight weeks. Today, I'm going to take a more global look at our collective mental health and do a quick review of the topics we discussed on Thursday shows to see how they all fit together. So after we kind of went through those first few shows, I even started doing a couple in August related to, you know, what the, what the podcast is and the value and importance of goals. You know, it all comes down to, uh, you know, that's why I'm doing this, uh, this podcast, right, is helping people, helping college students, helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals, right? I say it every week in the beginning. Um, that is the passion that drives me. Uh, and I hope that people are getting something out of this uh, and are getting closer to their goals. So goals are the foundation of the philosophy that um, the department that I work in uh, works with, which is psychiatric rehabilitation. And I sort of outline that in an early episode to say, here's here's my philosophy on mental health. Um, it's it needs to be goal directed. You know, it has to the treatment has to revolve around what the person wants and not what the professional wants. The three goals, uh, the three main goals of psychiatric rehabilitation are recovery, and that was a future episode. We'll get to that in a sec. Community integration and quality of life and i sort of made the remark that you know i don't i doubt that there's a lot of um you know primary goals of you know scientific disciplines where quality of life is the main uh one of the main goals so psychiatric rehabilitation you know really speaks to me um i majored in it um i got my master's degree in it um it's sort of a niche bubble within psychiatry and psychology in general um but uh, I think it's growing in popularity as the recovery movement um, gains a real secure footing. <clears throat> so for a while, it was like, you know, deinstitutional before deinstitutionalization, it was really the theory was, oh, people will never get better. You know, we can only hope to, you know, give them a comfortable life. Um, and now with, you know, medication getting better and, you know, services getting better and evidence getting better, uh, to support certain interventions, you know, we're learning a lot of, and people with very serious illnesses actually can um, not only survive in the community but thrive. And so, psychiatric rehabilitation is sort of the foundation of this podcast, in a sense, to be like, you got a goal, let's fucking do it together, man. And I'll support you along the way, and I will teach you skills in order to help you get better at it, and I will link you with resources. I'm not going to do it for you, though, you know. Um, and that's another key aspect is um, teaching people to survive and, and learn things on their own rather than doing for. And then we went into um, illness management and recovery, which was another real um, important inspiration for the podcast. Um, it was really what made me figure out why I wanted to do this exact type of podcast. Um, so I had been thinking about illness management and recovery, which is an evidence-based practice within um, the mental health field, and it's a group intervention. So it's a bunch of people, usually six to eight people, that get together on a weekly basis. There's a trained facilitator that leads them. 
Um, but the the facilitator is more more a part of the group than a leader, um, especially towards the end. So in the beginning, um, they help uh, facilitate each person setting a goal. And it might be, you know, it's all people that have uh, mental health issues. So it might be like, I want to get better at managing my mental health or I want to get a job um, because my mental health has robbed me of that experience. You know, I want to go back to school. I want to quit smoking. I want to lose weight. I want to find a girlfriend. So the goal can be whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily relate to mental illness, right? Um, Getting a girlfriend, you know, certainly doesn't. And if that's what you're, that's what really is going to motivate you, that's what we want to help you do. And so then there's, uh, I believe it's 12 weeks. It's a very strict, you know, um, not strict, but it's, it's got a curriculum. And so each week you have a focal topic and you talk about it and you talk about how it might relate to your goal. And there's homework every week. And the, the power of the group really takes hold in this kind of model because, if I'm in the group and I'm listening to you and you're in the group and you're talking about needing a job and talking about how, you know, you've done this, this and this. And I might be I might know somebody that has a job, you know, so that's the it's the networking piece. Um, the, the focal point topics that the facilitator goes through is the educational piece and sort of you learn, you know, in, in a sense, the cognitive behavioral piece as well of, you know, how to change your thinking in order to become more proactive in achieving your goals. So illness management recovery was, I was like, well, if we had this sort of virtual online IMR group, how would it best be delivered? And that's why I'm doing a podcast, you know, and that's why, um, well, we'll talk about the forums at the end. Um, But that's why I want to have a place for everybody to connect and talk about the ideas that I'm I'm presenting. Then we went into, uh, so I talked about illness management recovery, but really focused on the illness management group aspect of it and saved recovery for its own episode. Um, I won't talk too much about it because, you know, you can go back to that episode and listen. Um, That is episode eight. Um, But recovery is by nature a very individualistic type of process in kind of coming to terms with whatever illness is uh, afflicting you. So it's hard for me to give a lot of generalities about recovery. But what I will say is um, the, the sooner you start, the sooner you kind of come to the realization of, yeah, this is really impacting me and I need to get help, um, the better off you're going to be. That's all I'll say about that. All right. Relapse was the next thing. You can't have recovery without relapse, right? Um, most people would, would agree with that, I think. So this idea that there are going to be times where you screw up, um, you slip up, you fuck up, whatever. Uh, how do you get back on track? Sometimes those things might be just quick momentary things that you're able to, to quickly reroute yourself. Sometimes it's going to be something that you're off track for months. Uh, I think a relapse even from a non-mental illness standpoint, you know, from a goal achievement standpoint, right? When I, and I talked about how I had this goal of like wanting to get this podcast out and I decided it in July for, you know, the beginning of September or even really the end of August. And I had in my mind so little time, but I, um, I got there. And that was despite kind of relapsing, kind of deciding, oh, I don't know if I'm really, I'm going to get to it this semester for like two weeks. I didn't do anything. 
I relapsed on my goal <laughs> and I was, you know, just not really focused on it. And I could have easily just kept with that. It would have been so easy to just be like, ah, I'll work on it for the winter semester, or, you know, the spring, but I'm glad I didn't. Um, and relapse is going to happen in, with your mental illness. It's going to happen with, you know, if you are on a goal of getting better at school and then you f- screw up an exam, you know, think about that as a relapse. You get back on that horse, right? So the relapse is the learning in recovery. It's the hard lessons that you can't learn unless something not so pleasant happens. That's sort of the way I look at it. What are some ways that you can get help in college um, because of you have a mental illness? So then I talked about accommodations and how they sort of level the playing field. If somebody is struggling with um, being, you know, anxiety, test-taking anxiety, they can get um, extra time to take that exam or they could get a quiet, distraction-free environment to sit and take that exam to minimize that anxiety. And accommodations are something that you sort of have to know the process. So go back to that episode. That is episode 12. Uh, And listen to the step-by-step process of how to um, register with the disability office and request those accommodations because you deserve, you know, you deserve them. You're entitled to them. Take advantage of them. Then we talked about Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And this was an important episode to me because I really believe that you cannot you cannot achieve that higher level of thinking and um, just quality of life, becoming self-aware, uh, without really having a firm grip on the bottom levels, having secure in safety, you know, areas of safety, um, just feeling secure in your home, uh, in your, you know, basic health and whatnot. Um, and it's very hard to get to that point. And I had made the point that, you know, for a lot of people, if they have goals that are really, you know, challenging goals that are going to require you to get to a higher level, um, you need to have those bottom levels taken care of. And if you're finding yourself struggling to get to those higher levels, to re-examine those bottom levels and, and sort of do some investigation to figure out, like, is there something here that I don't have quite right? Because that might be inhibiting me from getting to that next level in the, in the hierarchy triangle. Uh, and then last week, my favorite episode so far of the podcast, my interview with Andrea uh, and talking about supported education to realize and bring to you this idea that there's services out there for a lot of folks for um, getting help if you have a mental illness and um, need support in school. So I urge you to go back and listen to that episode, um, episode 16, if you have not done so already. Uh, so that is the topics that I've gone through. And I bring them up because they all sort of fit together to me. I hope they fit together for you. Uh, I sort of give the, the philosophy at the top level. I talked about the things in the early episodes that are really just, you know, big pieces. Psych rehab is what I do every day. IMR is the, you know, the model for this podcast in a sense, you know, homework, for instance, like how many podcasts assign you homework? (laughs) And I'm not checking up on you, right? Probably nobody's doing the homework. But uh, if every if even one person's doing it, uh, I'm really happy to keep doing it. Because 
I just think you need that accountability outside of the listening to this podcast or thinking about these concepts. You need to be worth applying them to your own goal. And that's really what I what I intend to keep focusing on. Um, so recovery and relapse, you know, huge things. And then sort of the more nuts and bolts things in the later, more recent episodes, so accommodations um, and supported education with Maslow mixed in. So I sort of will leave you with just a, in terms of wrapping up this idea that stress I know for a lot of you is beginning to build. Uh, if It may even be full-blown for some of you by now. The semester is transitioning into the most demanding section, right? Weeks 9 to 14, 15, you know, it's pretty much like hell for some students, especially the full-time ones. So let's do some stuff together to manage it, right? Keep track of what you need to do. Have those syllabus, syllabi transferred over to your, uh, to your calendar so that you have everything that you need in one place, all your due dates. Look back on your to-do list and figure out, is there anything I'm missing here? What's the next action? Uh, if there's things that have been sitting on that to-do list for a little while, uh, try and clarify them. Is it something that you don't quite understand? Or is it something that you're just afraid of or don't want to do? Um, use the resources around you. Your friends, um, your family, your church, or you know, your, any kind of support group you belong to on-campus supports, off-campus supports. Um, if you don't know them, talk to people, you know. Um, just talking to people about what you're looking for is such a under... I mean, it's sort of underrated in a sense. It's, like, obvious. Um, but when you do it really intentionally, I find uh, the results to be amazing. Learn and use your coping strategies. And you may... That's why I put learn and use because a lot of people, I feel like, don't know how to cope when they're struggling. And you need to just try shit out, man. You know, go to a therapist. The therapist doesn't work. Or if you just don't feel like you're having a connection with them, try and see somebody else in that practice. Don't just give up. Don't just keep going to the shitty therapist because you don't really feel like trying another one. It's a process. Um, coping strategy can be going for a walk with your dog. You know, that's what I did right before I sat down to record this podcast. I had been working all day. Um, it's late in the day. I needed that mental break. I got it. I was good to go. Uh, and journal. You write down your thoughts if you're really stressed out. When you are done writing down your thoughts, you will feel better. I just about guarantee it. So this week, too, if you want, try and do a similar checkup related to the things in uh, this podcast episode. Think about them and how they relate to your mental health. You know, is there an accommodation that you think would help? It probably is too late to request it for now, but it's awesome that you know it now so that you can request it for the spring semester. Write it down somewhere. Put it on your to-do list for things to do uh, sort of in the off-season <laughs> in between semesters. Um, if you are feeling like relapse is coming your way, whether it be symptoms of your mental illness um, substance abuse, um, you're just being fucking lazy right now, address it. You, if you have that insight to know yourself that well, do something about it. Talk to somebody. Um, I really hope you guys uh, got some good value out of today's episode. Can't wait to be back here on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Peace.